0: Hey everyone, welcome to our latest episode. Dory here. I just have a few announcements before we continue. Uh, tomorrow, July 30th, at the Coffee House, Coffeehouse uh, on 33rd South in Salt Lake City, I will be performing at a marvelous little event called You Gotta Be Kidding Me. It's a panel game that Eileen Dobbins has put together with a bunch of hilarious comedians, and she has asked me very nicely... Uh, to open for her so I will be there there is a link to the Facebook event on the podcast Facebook page as well as my Facebook page so find that on Facebook and I will also be tweeting about it also next week we're going to be recording an episode about learning from failure in relationships and dating so if you have any good stories about failure if you have any questions about learning from failure send us those send us all of the things that you learned from failure and rejection and if we like it, we'll put it on the podcast. And if we like it a little bit less than that, we may talk about it on social media. So please send us all of your ideas. Um, so send us everything good that you've got. If you have any great ideas uh, for f- future episodes, future guests, please submit those to us. We are open to just about anything. And if we don't get to it quickly, we will get to it slowly. So thank you and enjoy the show.
1: and other things too. But look, here's a nice park where it's
2: lonesome and dark.
1: Come on, let's sit down, me and you.
0: Who, me? I guess not, sir. I really must go... <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. I am your sexy, sexy host, Dory Peacock. With me, as usual, is the space cowboy himself, Timothy Maurice. I have
2: been rustling up space cows and saving them for a delicious space burger. What's <laughs>
0: And here with me in the king of mixed metaphors is our friend. He's a journalism student at Ohio University. He writes a blog for ACR called Queer Realities. You can find him on Twitter as Kitcat Addiction. And he used to write for Speakeasy Magazine. We are talking about Avid Pizza Sexual Ross Dickerhoof. Hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, thanks I think for maybe having we should, me.
2: So. I think maybe we should say like I I met Ross and how I met
0: Ross. Oh yes, oh, uh, yeah. Tim knows Ross.
2: How do we know each other, Ross? Um, well,
1: we met on Twitter. I forget. Um, I forget exactly what it was that we started let's, talking. Let's about say though. that we met
2: because of clever old Mister Toad.
1: Yes, clever <laughs> old Mr. Toad brought us let's, together. Let's
2: say it was Toby Jones. Well, <laughs> Terry Jones. Terry Jones, whatever.
0: You can't, you can't like misname one of the Python boys around me. You Although know this, Toby. I, I, I think Toby
1: Jones could have conceivably brought us together. <laughs> Maybe. Wait, there's
0: a Toby Jones?
1: Yeah, Toby Jones. He's like, oh gosh. He was in uh, Infamous, which is that other movie about Truman Capote that's not Capote.
0: Oh. Um, he's
1: also in the Hunger Games briefly.
0: <gasps> Wait, who is he in Hunger Games?
1: Uh he's uh the co host with Stanley Tucci of like the reality show. Oh, I
0: love that guy. He's I got, ever remember his name. He's got the
2: actual toad face. Yeah. True. Yeah. But it's kind great. Of. We love you, Toby yeah. Jones. Don't he's, he's a cool guy. He's like everything.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, we didn't come here today to talk to you about Toby Jones. We of course came here to talk to you about mixed orientation relationships. Yeah, it's- uh, that is any relationship, well, not any relationship, a romantic relationship wherein uh, the bo- the partners have different orientations. So if you're bi and your partner's gay, or you're bi and your partner's straight, or you're gay and your partner's straight, it's one of them things. Um, this is something we've invited Ross here to talk about because Ross recently wrote an article on this subject. And uh, tell us about that, Ross.
1: Uh, yeah, I wrote an article mostly about that in relation to this movie I watched called The Object of My Affection, which is this early 2000s romantic comedy that stars Jennifer Aniston and Paul Rudd, with uh, Aniston playing a woman who is uh, pregnant and decides that she doesn't want her current boyfriend to be the father of the child, but instead her gay best friend Paul Rudd, who is now living (laughs) in her apartment. And it's... It wasn't very good,
2: <laughs> 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 to put it very politely. I, I feel like they made this again. Have you heard of Gabby? Uh, I have heard, heard of that, but I didn't actually get around to seeing it. Because um, that's not actually about a mixed orientation relationship. Because like, from what, the way you describe it, Jennifer Aniston is trying to make Fetch happen, where Fetch <laughs> is where she and gay Paul Red date. But Gabby <laughs> is where they go, and then they're like, no, we're not having a relationship. We're just going to have a baby together.
0: Oh, this is a TV show, huh?
2: Ga- no, Gabby was a movie.
0: Oh, that's right. There's a TV show called yeah. something else where the guy has his lesbian friend or the guy gives his seed to his lesbian friend so that she and her lover can have a baby or something.
1: Oh, yeah. OK, I saw like ads for that because Ellen DeGeneres was promoting it. What was that called? It was like. Uh...
0: It's called like the whole picture or something or the.
1: Hold on, now I'm family. looking it up.
2: One big, one big
0: happy. That's what it's called. It's called one big happy. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. That was it. That was it. Oh, there was another. What was that show with Stephen Fry and the girl?
0: What? There
2: was there there was a TV show about a gay man and a straight woman who decide they're going to try having a relationship.
0: With Stephen Fry. Bob and Rose.
2: Bob and Rose. Yeah. Oh.
0: Which
1: I I tried to watch that, and then it was really boring.
0: (laughs) 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 Stephen Fry is an interesting gay person. He, he's a, a gay man who has sworn off sex for, like, he swore it off for, like, 15 years or something.
1: Wow. Okay, I When I, I say know swore
0: it off, I don't know if he actually was like, I'm not having sex anymore. Uh, that's that's a bad Stephen Fry impression. But anyway, <laughs> I think it, I don't know if it just turned out that way or what, but because that happened, he missed the AIDS epidemic. He oh. dodged the entire AIDS epidemic because he just happened to not be having sex. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So talk about sleeping through the revolution.
2: (laughs) So I want to start with kind of maybe approaching this from like uh, the average Joe's angle. I do you guys feel like there's like a certain amount of skepticism towards mixed orientation marriages? And and do you have any skepticism about it? And what are that? What is that skepticism? If you have it,
0: I I feel like in general, there is a shitload of skepticism about Mm
2: -hmm. it oh yeah definitely
1: I don't know it just feels like um, everything within that relationship is inevitably going to be built on like a million different like there's a million like rules that you have to lay out like right up front and it's like okay like this 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 and this are allowed but this is not and then like the lines as to like what is acceptable and what isn't are going to eventually be blurred and then you know it's
2: Everything so basically is, it requires a lot of communication, is what you're saying. Yeah, and like it, a, a lot, lot of communication, like maybe right. more than some other things would. Like
1: I do think it can work. I just um it requires a lot of emotional maturity on yeah. the part of like everyone involved.
2: And, and I think it's I think it's worth saying that it, it can work for some people, but I think there are some people yeah. that may not ever be able to have that.
0: Right. Oh, definitely. My, see, That's my, my see, that's is, kind of
1: why it doesn't work out in Object of My Affection, because, <laughs> like, Jennifer Aniston's character is, uh, she's definitely the jealous type. <laughs> mm. Um. Mm. I, see,
0: here's my thing is, I, I, can see, I can see that it would be a lot of effort, but my question is, is it, is it really more effort than a same orientation relationship? I mean, because every relationship requires those things like communication and boundaries. And then sometimes the boundaries get blurred. And I is it is it harder in a mixed orientation relationship to manage those things?
2: Well, um, I actually asked some of my friends, because I have actually several friends that are in mixed orientation marriages. So a lot of this comes from a perspective of uh, the fact that Dory and I are more men's. And uh, I know some more men who are more men's. Mm-hmm. And... I, Mormons have a societal expectation. They, we believe that... Do-
0: doctrinal, not really societal. Well,
2: yeah, it's doctrinal and it's societal. Um, well, It's both, I feel like. Yeah. That, you know, the only way to eternal happiness is through a marriage between a man and a woman. And if you don't get married in this life, you know, like, you'll be perfected in Jesus. And, like, he'll, we'll figure it out after the resurrection comes and, like, revelations all happens. Like, the rest of it. But, like for a lot of men now that is still a really huge push to get married. So I have a lot of friends that are married and are Mormon and, and you know, the ones that I know that have had marriages that have lasted, like, you know, I have one friend and he's been married for, I think like 10 plus years. Um, it's interesting to hear what they had to say. Um, I'm going to use pseudonyms for my friends and, uh, in the judgment day refreshment committee tradition, I'm going to use pseudonyms involving dead Kennedys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dead members of the Kennedy family, not the dead Kennedys, the popular hardcore punk band.
2: That's a punk band? Yes. Yeah, it is. Learn learn something every day. Extremely popular. So this is from Jackie O. Um, And Jackie O said this. I'd say this. uh, While uh, being attracted to the same sex in a heterosexual marriage adds a layer of complication... It shouldn't be viewed as the source of all conflict. I've learned over time there are many differences and conflicts my wife and I have had over the years and far more typical than I've realized. Sometimes the conflicts aren't also because or aren't because I'm into dudes but because I'm a man and she's a woman or because I struggle with depression and she doesn't or because we were raised in different homes or different worlds or because I have a fundamental need for friendship that she doesn't have. And it has come to be such a component in our marriage, we've learned to address other issues that cause conflict rather than thinking, we have this issue because I like guys. And so I think that's interesting. Like, from, from Jackie O's perspective, he uh, he said that his relationship is one where – it, it's interesting to think of that. Like, you know, it there are other things it's, – it, it's interesting the way he sort of compared it to those other things that happen
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and the way they kind of affect things, so –
0: I think that's something that happens in any marriage is that it's easy for it would be easy for you to trace every conflict back to the one thing that seems the hardest. Like I remember watching a documentary about descendants of the the high ranking Nazis and one (laughs) of them was a woman who I think she was a descendant of Hermann Goring. I don't know. Anyway, she was married to an Israeli Jewish guy and she's. She said this cryptic thing like, oh, you know, I neither of us thought it would be a big deal because we thought, oh, we we're both open minded. And she's like, but when we fight, you'd be surprised how much of it comes up. And so I think that I think in any marriage, it's, it's an easy thing to be like, you know, you start fighting because you haven't had sex in a week and it turns into, well, your grandfather was a Nazi. you know. <laughs> and so I oh. think that's. That sounds like an important skill for anyone. And it what, sounds like it's doubly important in a mixed orientation relationship. What, uh,
2: first, I want to ask Ross what, what he thought. Of, what, I don't know his thoughts on it, but this is making me think of something. So we'll get back to it in just a second. Okay.
0: Oh,
1: um, my thoughts? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, this is going to be like super messy and like not prepared at all. I hope that's okay.
0: Um, we'll edit it so that it sounds prepared.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yay. Um well yeah, like I, I do think, you know, like you said, Dory, I do think, you know, that would be like the the mixed orientation thing would be like an easy thing to like trace all your conflicts on conflicts back to, but I do think uh I think most relationships have something like that, maybe. I don't know. Um it just seems like
2: oof. I, I feel like if there's there's Insecure relationships will always root back to something. Yeah. yeah if that definitely. makes sense. Okay, yeah, like that. Um.
0: Blame's never a great idea.
2: Yeah. I I wanted to can I read the next friend that I talked to? Oh yeah, go ahead. What here, you pick a Kennedy. I don't I don't know them as well as you do.
0: Um is it a man or woman? It's a man. Uh we'll call him Ted.
2: We'll call him Ted. So this is from Ted Kennedy. Um, and Ted Kennedy said that, uh, in his experience, the most important thing was openness. And that was critical to work. Right. Um, uh, and that the important baseline was for, in that he's noticed is to be open at all. He's noticed a lot of mixed orientation marriages in, in Mormonism fail because this person <laughs> didn't tell their spouse, uh, that they were attracted to men or the same sex until after they were married. Mm-hmm. um, or until they had already made a mis- large mistakes, and so the important thing is to be open and honest to start. And it's funny cause large, that's funny
0: because large, large sexual mistakes.
2: He, he didn't go into that, but I'm oh. I'm gonna assume, yeah, because that happens a lot. It's like I'm living a lie. Time to go on Craigslist. Like, <laughs> uh, which yeah is not is not the right way to do this. But no, it's it's not a healthy. That's way to that's solve a huge things. problem you have is you have a lot of men and women who I think end up in relationships because of pressures they feel and they're so averse to you know looking at a same sex relationship they choose not to educate themselves on how to do it right like how to have sex- safe sex or how to safely yeah. approach people or you know how to be emotionally you know safe in that and it's like because in, in, they're already in their eyes you know basically sinning and they don't have the wherewithal to I think pull that back and be like okay how do I sin effectively <laughs>
0: my (laughs) my dad used to say, if you're not going to be good, be smart. (laughs) Any, I don't know. Ross, what do you think?
1: Um, yeah, I do think I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I don't.
2: It's okay. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you, so when did you come out Ross and, and, uh, did you ever, Feign, and this, no matter how young you were, did you ever feign interest in a lady person uh, before you came out? And have you known someone who hung, who came out kind of later, like in college that tried the high school girlfriend thing at all?
1: Um, okay. I came out my first year of college and okay. um, before that I had never dated like at all. So um, cause I was, cause I was kind of afraid of, you know, having to, um, uh, cause part of it was because like the, the community I grew up in was kind of, uh, religious conservative. Uh, and I, I sort of knew that I didn't know like to the extent how many people, uh, had those beliefs, but, um, I didn't really want to deal with it. And if I was, and I didn't want to, like, hurt anyone's feelings, uh, you know, getting mixed up in that. Right. So, um, so that kind of impacted my decision to come out uh, later in my first year of college. Um, I did kind of feign interest um, in women a little bit. But, like, not to the extent where it could be, like, conceivably construed as us, you know, actually dating.
2: It Was was it just kind of for passing? Kind it, of it was purposes? just kind
1: of for passing. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: You're a, not a beard, but a goatee, maybe. <laughs> Perhaps a mustache.
2: <laughs> I'm stealing that.
0: You can steal that. That's fine.
2: Um, Dory? Uh,
0: one of my friends had this question, uh, she asked me, isn't the risk too big with a mixed orientation relationship? And I, I asked her what risk and I, it was a little vague, but I think the risk she's talking about is just the risk that it won't work out. And she told me she knows a lot of people who tried mixed orientation relationships and it didn't work. Um, and so she said, isn't the risk just too high? And I think she, she told me that she doesn't want an answer like, well, marriage is always risky. <laughs> and I, so I don't <laughs> want to give her that answer, even though that's that's true. Any romantic relationship it's, is going to come with a pretty big amount of risk. It's
2: like, it's like Maria Bamford's thing on like terrible relationship advice. Like (laughs) people are like, "Mm, you have to, you have to be the, to find the one you have to be be the the one. one." (laughs) What what if I'm a
0: red flag factory? Anyway. um, So I don't want to, I don't want to give that answer. What I will say is I think for me, the key is assessing the amount of risk you can handle.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like I'd, if you're the kind of person who's okay taking big risks and if you're secure in your attachment style, you're, you'll probably have an okay time dealing with that. If you're not that way, then yeah, don't dry it. If it's not for you, it's not for you.
2: Yeah. I, I want to ask a question because I think this is one of the more interesting things about mixed orientation relationships, uh, specifically among people who are ostensibly gay, that are talked about, which is that if you were, did you guys see or (laughs) thankfully not see the terrible TLC special about the gay Mormons in Utah?
0: I didn't, but I I watched an interview that one of the couples did and I thought they were weird.
2: Did you hear
0: Not because they're not because they're mixed orientation, but because I just thought they were odd people.
1: Did you hear about that, Ross? I did hear about that and I was like, I'm staying far away from this. It's just gonna, (laughs) it's just gonna make me mad.
2: So I watched yeah. it because a lot of the, a couple of the couples in it are in the community and are actually leaders in the community that I, cause there are a lot of Mormons that, you know, are into same sex and they're like, what do I do? And so there's, there's a lot, there's a huge need for support groups. So there's a lot of support groups online and a couple of the people in that were leaders. And it's interesting cause I know them from outside of, uh, Well, I don't know them TV show, but I've I've interacted with them. And to be honest, some of them are really like insecure about it. Like a little bit like the lady doth protest too much kind of, Uh. but not, I think in the way you might expect, like, I don't think it's like, well, we're living a lie. I think they just, I think they're really scared of the way they're supposed to look because it's really hard when you have this heteronormative, like white picket fence expectation and you throw this big monkey wrench into it. And a lot of those people really, you know, they live in these opulent, opulent for Utah houses, and you know, <laughs> they 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 bristle really easily. Also, because they get dragged through the mud a lot. Like one one of the guys who was in that show had to go to you know East Coast to testify in a lawsuit about a group like a Jewish like uh, not conversion therapy, but conversion therapy. Like it was it was not really conversion therapy, but it, it essentially was like effectively conversion therapy camp. And he's done similar stuff. And it's like, I feel like they get really defensive about it.
0: Which I can understand because they're not only, they're not only throwing a wrench in the heteronormative world, they're throwing a wrench in the homonormative world too.
2: Which is true. There are a lot of gay guys that are like, no, it's not the way. And I think part of that, so I talked about this, it happened and it's interesting because I almost wrote an article on it, but before I did, I talked to Rose, Ross, you know, Rose, yeah, uh, I know. Com- she's she's also a mutual follower of ours both on Twitter. Ross has talked to her more, but I talked to her a little bit, and I'm like, so like, I'm I'm kind of coming from left base here because like I don't I am not as involved in the LGBT community. I don't have the, the the language to really talk about this, but like, can you like shed light on this? Because Rose kind of has more experience with LGBT theory and also is bisexual, and I'm like, so like bisexuality and that. How do you see? And she's like, well, I think there's a, there is a huge problem with bisexual erasure because with it with from outside. There's an expectation of, well, you can't, uh, you know, there's already sometimes an expectation among, among gay guys or, or gay women that it's just like, well, you know, you, you haven't picked one yet. And yeah. until you pick one, you're, you're not really bi. But it's interesting with a lot of mixed orientation relationships because it's hard to say mixed orientation. If you effectively have a sexual relationship with a woman, but you're ostensibly gay, materially you're bi, and I think there's something to that that needs to kind of be pointed out. I don't know. What do y- What do y'all think? What do y- What do y'all think on that?
0: Let me Let me ask a more specific question because so far Ross hasn't gotten a word in. Edgeways. I'm sorry. It's um, okay. It's okay. <laughs> that's both our That's on both of us, Tim. That's That's on me. Um, I want to say, Ross, do you feel that there is a lot of bisexual erasure in the? non-heteronormative sectors of society.
1: Oh, no, yeah, there's there's a lot. Um, because uh, I'm currently dating someone who um, I'm not sure if he identifies as bisexual or not, but he definitely uh, likes men and women. Um, mm-hmm. And I uh, just kind of assumed that he was gay at first, because, you know, he, he was into me and I was into him. And uh, then he just started talking to me about like, oh, uh, I've I've also um, dated a lot of women, and then I was like, oh, right, you're bi or queer or what, wh- however else you identify. I pan- and I had is. just I had just assumed that or pan, like yeah, I had just assumed that because you know I was the, and you know,
0: it's you know as a straight woman, what makes it hard is like. anymore you have to guess and guess Uh, yeah (laughs) you're like oh you're flirting with me I had a I I hope my my best friend doesn't mind me telling me this story but um my best friend that I was living with in college came home one day and she's like have you ever thought about dating this guy from the English department and I was like that guy that guy's gay and she was like no he was flirting with me in the library and I was like (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's totes gay. Do I
2: know who this is? You do. Oh, okay. I know who it is. <laughs> we won't
0: we won't say who you are, but I'm sure if he's ever heard this, he'll know who he is.
2: He knows who... You know who you are, person. Oh, you know who you <laughs> are with anything. your
0: gorgeous eyes. He was like the guy that I always thought should have played Edward in Twilight.
2: <laughs> oh, then I don't know who this is.
0: Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> Any, anyway, um, you just... It's hard because you'll be like, oh, you're into me, but are you... Are you gay? Are like, you bi? Do I have to worry about you looking at two kinds of porn? Like, <laughs> are you going to be... Do I have to get jealous when you're around men and women? That's that's my problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I, I've been there. So You have? Yeah. A, a little so, bit. A little bit. I'm not proud because, you know, it's, it's something I should, you know, rationally think, like, oh, I shouldn't have to be because, you know, I know he's into me, but, like, if... I I am insecure sometimes. It's As we all I, I'm are. I'm fallible. I'm human. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would hope so. I We try not to get non, non-sapios on the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I've been lying Sapios to you this whole time. Sure I'm actually die. a robot.
0: <laughs> a robot? Well, robots are okay. Yeah. Robots are humanoid enough. We'll
2: have to talk later. <laughs>
0: um, Ross, I want to ask you about this, this film with Jennifer Aniston. Um, what... What was wrong with this movie, both as a movie and as a story about a straight woman and a gay man?
1: Um, Well, as a movie, uh, there was like a lot of cognitive dissonance between like what I think it was trying to do and like the format it was restricted to, because Mm. like. It's supposedly like a story about queerness or at least about, you know, like, you know, fluidity of sexual orientation. And, but it's within the form of an early 2000s romantic comedy. So obviously <laughs> we have to have the fluffy, happy ending. And, you know, we have to have like. Was there a dance party ending? Uh, there was not. Well, there was dancing at the end, but not like a dance party. Okay. So close <laughs> enough. <laughs> Um, but it's, like, in the form of, like, a romantic comedy, so we have to have the happy ending, people have to, like, know that, you know, these two people aren't, don't hate each other's guts, even though, like, they should. (laughs) Because, (laughs) because, (laughs) it's just, I, the scenario as it happens in the movie is, like, there should be so much bitterness and resentment there, and, like, it's it's all saved for like the last 10 minutes and then they wrap it up in the last 10 minutes. And like there's this happy ending mm-hmm. with uh, like Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston holding Jennifer Aniston's little girl as they walk down the street together and happy pop song plays. Yay. And it's just like they're going to murder each other when it cuts to black.
2: <laughs> I I, want you to, I know you watched uh, you, you tweeted about this. You watched The Lovely last night. I want you to compare and contrast like how The Lovely deals with it because The Lovely... Uh, for those playing the whole game, is a movie about Cole Porter.
0: That Dory hates.
2: Dory hates. I I really <laughs> like it, actually. Um,
0: In my defense, I was like 11 when I saw it.
2: Yeah, I, I really like it. Um, And Cole Porter is notorious for being married to uh, Linda. Linda Lee name? Thomas. Linda Lee Thomas. And, uh, but, you know, historically, there are, like, really good accounts of him having tons and tons of trysts with, like, uh, gay men. So I want yeah, you to talk they- about, like, that.
0: Especially okay, yeah. like,
2: the, the relationship aspect of that, because, like, there are some things let, take it or leave it in, in The Lovely, like, Cheryl <laughs> um, Crow singing jazz, but...
1: <laughs> okay, I actually thought the Cheryl Crow part was fine. Uh, I thought the whole movie overall was kind of, like, eh? It, that was mostly, like, the problems with it as as a movie, uh, like how it was constructed. It
0: rambles. But I,
1: I thought, like, how it dealt with uh, Cole Porter and uh, Linda Lee Thomas's relationship was fine. Um... Because, like, it didn't have, like, this kind of fantasy land quality about it. It was very, I don't know, it was just, like, it's kind of hard to, like, put my finger on it. But they did actively treat it. They actually treated it like she says, oh, I I know you're into guys and I know you're never going to, like, want me the same way you want guys and i'm okay with that and you know they, they stick with that like the reasons she gets mad at him in the movie at a couple different points they really have like almost nothing to do with that um like it's because like at, i think the the first point where they have like a falling out is when uh he ditches this party where there's going to be like all these professional opportunities there To like have sexy times in the park,
2: but like with John Barrowman, right? With John Barrowman,
1: so like I I can't blame him. (laughs) Like (laughs) no one can blame him, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) But like she's not mad at him about the sexy times. She's mad at him for like disappointing people, Mm
2: -hmm. and it's like
1: so it's it's a little more it's more reasonable in like how it's framed, I guess.
2: I feel like she sometimes got jealous, but she tried to. Yes. She uh, tried to like deal with it. Yeah. I I think it's interesting. We talked a little bit on Twitter about this, but like, it's interesting how mixed orientation relationships work when there's the element of non-monogamy introduced, which is not a thing that most people is like, can like get around as a thing.
0: I just winced. Yeah. (laughs) Dory just winced. She's like, eh. I I like the idea of monogamy. Yeah.
2: Well, I do too. It's so much easier to fit two people in an escape pod than, you know, more. I but know,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you have to leave Fullstrom Paradise. <laughs> Lost in Paradise. Lost
2: <laughs> um, um. But I think it's interesting how that worked for them, uh, especially because, like, he needed to get married to a woman ideally in that day and age for political reasons because, you know, can't put on that. And but, but the non-monogamy thing worked really well in that regard in terms of their relationship. Some of the time, some of the time, I feel like, it really dug into her. Like she had a miscarriage and he wasn't there for her because he was out doing his own thing. I think that's one of those times where it it didn't. And there are certain points where she leaves him because she's like, I I can't, you know, I need something. And she felt like she wasn't getting it. I still feel like it's interesting that the movie insists that like they had a love and it was a special unique kind of love to them, but he really did love her. And there's two or three songs just dedicated to like, you know, gay, gay Kevin Klein and uh, what's her name playing Lindley Thomas. So, I
1: don't remember yeah. Although there were there were a couple like choice lines of dialogue um, in the bits where like older Cole Porter is like uh, commentating on the action while like Jonathan Price Angel is like talking oh, yes. to him and he's Watching like the movie
0: of his life. Oh, in heaven, yeah.
1: and he says something like to the tune of like I wanted to believe like it was like true love or something like that. I wanted to believe that, you know, I loved her the same way she loved me and da, 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 da. Um, I am not entirely like sure if the framing of the film supports that, but like, I, I believe it when he says it, it's, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It's,
2: it, it's interesting. Cause she would do things like in his age, like, she knows she's about to die. She's like, Hey, check out this younger man over here. She (laughs) sets him up with with
1: some guy and like, unfortunately it works out. He could,
2: he could take care of him. Yeah.
0: I, I actually knew someone and I knew is a, I use the word new loosely because I met him once or twice, but um, he was a famous SUU alumnus um, that most people who listen to this would know named Bradford Garrison. And he was a gay man who had um, a mixed orientation marriage and it was interesting because someone said to me about him once, they're like, oh, Bradford once told me that he's a gay man who just happened to fall in love with a woman. And I, I won't tell you the rest of their story because it's sad. They, they both die at the end. Um, but it was interesting to me, the idea of falling in love with somebody even though they're not the person you always thought you would fall in love with.
2: I, I want to segue in that because Ross also, you can probably speak more to this because you have more involvement with LGBT community that I know of. Um, there's also instances where it doesn't happen from the onset. You have someone maybe who comes out as trans in the middle of a marriage. And someone's like, well, I, you know, I was ostensibly into dudes, but now my husband is a wife and that happens. So I don't know. That's a, that's a thing. I would say. Um,
1: I, I know that, I know like that happened, uh, with one of my friends, all the, like, um, uh, but I don't know like any specific details about that yeah. when that happened. Um, I, I think it's, it's kind of an uncomfortable subject for him. So uh, all I know is that, uh, they aren't together now
2: anymore. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, I remember seeing something about that on on Dateline or something as a kid. And I remember it was the, the husband transitioned to female and the wife stayed with him. And she said something like, it would have been selfish to leave him after the transition, leave her after the transition because she's the same person. Do you guys agree with that?
2: I don't know. I think it depends on the marriage or the relationship like for some relationships i can see it you know we talk about we talked about for uh, jackie o like he his relationship was uh, he talked like he, i have clinical depression for instance and, and transitioning can be a very complicated process because it involves a lot of time and effort and medical attention and that can be that alone maybe could be something for a strain like some like sometimes a marriage is introduced to like you know, well, now you have to spend all this time at the hospital, you have to do all this therapy after something happens, and that's what does it. So maybe not even the gender aspect of of transitioning, but just the transitioning aspect of it, oh. I think, could have a toll.
1: Yeah, the, um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I personally haven't gone through this, so I, I don't, you know, I can't speak from experience, but I just, from everything that uh, my trans friends have talk to me about it. It's, you know, it's a grueling process for you, for everyone around you, so I can see where that would, you know, take an emotional toll, and at some point, you would have, you would feel like you have to say, okay, this isn't worth it for me anymore, I'm not uh, getting anything from this that's, you know, like, that um, cancels out, like, the toll this is taking on me, which... I feel like in, that could be understandable. I don't think it's necessarily selfish, but I, again, it All would right. depend.
2: I I want to ask a question that I kind of was hinting at earlier, but I'll try and be more succinct in how I phrase it. Um, so, if you are gay and you have a functioning sexual relationship with a woman, or if you are a lesbian and you have a functioning sexual relationship with a man. Are you then buy? Because I feel like that's one thing that in response to like the the TLC special was a huge deal. People are like, hey, these guys have a problem. They refuse to say they're by. Yeah. Which, which, you know, I I feel like that's hard because I think for a lot of I don't know, for a lot of game there there's a lot of very. There's a lot to be found in in recognizing that and finding solace, in other people having that experience. But if you are attracted to a woman, well, how do you define yourself then? Or how do you put that into words? So A lot of guys, they feel like they're not willing to admit that they don't want to lose. I feel like they feel like they're being dishonest. But, you know, if you are into dudes, but you're into this lady, you are bi technically. So I don't know.
0: So what's your question?
2: So what do you think about that? I said I was going to put it succinctly, and I'm not.
0: <laughs> so do you? So so are you asking Ross if he thinks we need new language to describe well, yeah, people well, who feel homosexual but decide to live as bisexuals?
2: Yeah, kind of.
0: I um, really... Sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> go for
1: it, Ross. Uh, I Punch do think we definitely need to... Um, uh, Get better language for how we discuss this because um, I don't know. Like, okay, bring. It, I I hate to keep like bring it back back to the movies and stuff. Like, but um, uh, I watched a couple movies where it's like uh, you know uh, a man uh, you know straight man with a lesbian uh, or like a straight woman with a gay man, and like in none of these movies was bisexuality even mentioned as like a thing
2: like not even the word ever. yeah like they don't
1: mention it in chasing amy they don't mention it in object of my affection they don't mention it into lovely but i understand that because it's like a period piece and they wouldn't have the like the language mm-hmm. to discuss that which is another reason why i think it works better when it's in a period piece because you know like at that time uh you know we were still kind of developing the language to discuss uh sexuality and, you know, it's in a, a lot of length in a lot of areas, it was very, very limited. But, um, yeah, I, it's hard because, yeah, talking about this is hard because I don't want to like step on anyone's toes because I do want to, you know, respect how people identify, but I do think, you know, we do need to work on, you know, providing support for people who feel that way and,
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think our language sometimes traps people. I mm-hmm. think we get so tied to you can either be gay, straight, or bi, and that's it. So yeah. if you're gay, but you find it's advantageous to you and a woman to get married, so that you can do certain things, then that blows people's mind grapes because there's not a word for that.
2: Yeah, well, and I'll, I'll speak from my own experience. Like, there's there's been a, a couple times where i've been so i i I don't really identify as gay i identify as queer um because i mainly am like that dude is sexy but you know there's been a couple times where i was with women and and we had a really emotional connection and you know i didn't end up really dating anyone for the most part uh before but we almost when, when there almost was kind of a relationship before other things kind of blew it blew it apart there was a moment where it's like okay well i'm I maybe am like demisexual, which is like a dirty word sometimes because <laughs> I know you don't like that, Ross, because like sometimes those people can be really uh, smug on no, the internet okay. and be like, not to make mm, I'm face, demisexual, but- yes, I, I don't feel the dirty sexy bits. Shame on the rest of you. <laughs> but like maybe, so like I'm wondering for me, like maybe it's I'm, I have demisexual attraction to women. When I'm with someone I trust, really no matter what the gender, I feel like I can have a, a, a sexual attraction to them and a really deep emotional connection with them. So it's kind of hard because it's like, well, how do I say like uh, homosexual, but like semi homoromantic, but semi biromantic tendencies with like demisexual uh, also tendencies as well. But those are like uh, bi demisexual. It's it's the language is hard because it's there's so many there's so many freaking uh, prefixes to words. Damn you, Latin. Yeah.
0: Ross, why do you hate the word demisexual?
1: Um, well well Tim kind of mentioned it um I don't know I, I mostly see it being used by really really smug people on the internet to say like oh well I don't uh, I only feel attraction to people when like I really really like and trust them so I never make mistakes in my relationships and, and it's oh, like
2: yeah. oh no yeah let I mean, me let, let my my demisexual friend will tell you that is not the case. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I have a demisexual friend and he had a relationship and it did not end well. It ended really, really badly. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, I, I mean, I like I, I want to not make a face when people use that word. But
2: it's like, that's
1: my immediate association. So I end up just making that.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, his face is great. <laughs>
0: radio listeners ross is wincing disgustedly yeah Yeah. i think it's just part of people trying to give things labels which is occasionally helpful and often not helpful because things like oh i feel more attracted to someone who's nice to me is like well the duh that's kind of how (laughs) sex works like Duh! You want to have sex with somebody who treats you like a human. It's like the safe because that will Sorry. because evolutionarily <laughs> that will be a safe person to raise your children. It's like this like we all Sorry. have that. Sorry, <laughs> and that's and that's what I think. That's what I think gets erased in in the gay straight by labeling of things is that there's tons of dimensions to attraction and love, and there's tons of things that inform your sexuality that.
2: That's true. They get
0: erased by the idea that gender is what determines so much of it. And I think I always hear demisexual and sapiosexual as ways of explaining bisexuality, but nobody has invented other words. Well, maybe they have. If you have, email us. We'd like to hear them invented other words to describe homosexuality or to describe their heterosexuality. I mean, I guess we have lumbersexuals, but uh, uh, what is that? Uh,
2: <laughs> I think we've covered this in episode one.
0: We did. We did. A little bit.
2: Um, yeah, I feel like we're almost out of time. Do we want to do something fun to wrap up? Like maybe a special mixed orientation edition of Mary Boff Kill?
0: I think a, a special mixed orientation of Mary Boff Kill is in order. Okay. Ooh.
2: okay. We're doing this a little impromptu, so we should figure out who we're going to do. Should we divide it up like me and Ross versus you? And and pick that's, the opposite. Or, that
0: seems sexist. That's. <laughs> I I have no qualms. I have no qualms about playing do dump or marry um with either sex because I'm a demisexual.
2: Um. So what if we do sexually ambiguous people for our Mary Boff kill?
0: Okay. I I know okay. right off who, two people you're gonna say. So go, go for it, let's, Tim. Let's Tim, start. You pitch it.
2: Um, I'm trying to think of how to round this this first one out. Um, let's do, um. Gosh, let's do ambiguous sexuality rockers: Mary, Boff, Kill, Morrissey, David Bowie, and Freddie Mercury.
0: Shag David Bowie, kill Freddie Mercury, Mary Morrissey.
1: <laughs> kill Freddie Mercury?
0: <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I love Freddie Mercury, but I think he would get super annoying, and I and Morrissey is like still alive, so.
1: Oh, okay. Also, well.
0: I, also, I think David Bowie would get annoying because his bowiness would just be bowing all over the place. No.
2: Why well, you got to hate on the Bowie? I'm not, um, not
0: hating on the Bowie.
2: Ross, Ross, you go next.
1: Okay, see, I'd marry Freddie Mercury, uh, buff David Bowie, and then kill Morrissey.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can understand. I Morrissey's kind of suicidal anyway, so. Uh, well, and <laughs> yeah, technically, I, Freddie
2: I, Mercury is already dead, so that makes it kind of hard. But yeah, um, but like uh, like uh,
1: presuming they were all like alive <laughs> and like
2: <laughs> right. right. Freddie <laughs> Mercury. Mercury was Stephen Fry's roommate in this scenario and avoided the age crisis. Um, oh, Stephen Fry. Uh, oh yeah. That's... I'm. I don't want to boff Freddie Mercury because I feel like his mustache would poke me too much. <laughs> like I feel like mm. it. I feel like it's the end of like twine wire, just like all of that thing. It, it just looks so bristly. Um, so it's Kill Mercury, um, Shag Morrissey. And I just, I really want to marry David Bowie. I just, I want that to be my world all the time. I knew (laughs) you were
0: going to say that. Ooh, I got one. I got one. I got one. Okay. So old, formerly closeted gay dudes who don't seem all that gay. Stephen Fry. Uh Uh-huh. Richard Chamberlain. Uh Uh-huh. George Takei.
2: Who's, who's George, uh, Richard Chamberlain?
0: Richard Chamberlain is, he's kind of an icon now. He was, oh, I know him as Father De Brigazar from The Thorn Birds. You guys would probably know him from, if you've seen Chuck and Larry, he plays the Supreme Court judge at the end. Um, he's old and very handsome. And he was, he played Lynette's dad on Desperate Housewives one time. I know. I remember actors from weird stuff. (laughs) Richard Richard Chamberlain.
2: Richard Chamberlain.
0: Let's at least pull up a picture of him so you guys can see what he looks like.
2: Oh, wow. He's got he's got a face.
0: He has got a face. He's got
2: eyes. (laughs) He's like somewhere between like reptilian alien and like the friendliest grandpa you've ever seen in your life.
0: He's like the good ones from V sometime. I'll make you watch V.
2: Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm pulling him up and Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as, as
0: to would say, so you're going to
2: marry to that's what you're saying, Ross. Uh, yeah, actually, um,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I would marry to uh, Bob, Stephen Fry. And then I, I don't, no, Richard Chamberlain I have no like real attachment to him and his face
2: is kind of freaking me out <laughs> so, <man. laughs> I, I would boff to Kate just because like if you could convince him to do the play-by-play while it happens it's like Morgan Freeman <laughs> narrating Marge of the Penguins but you know for, for fun times <laughs>
0: Would you marry Fry or Chamberlain? I'd
2: marry Chamberlain. I don't know him, but I I already feel like Stephen Fry would be a nightmare to live with.
0: Stephen Fry, I don't... I love him. I love him so much. I would be tempted to marry him so he could introduce me to Rowan Atkinson. Ooh,
2: connections. And Hugh Laurie.
0: But he is a former cocaine addict, and (laughs) he's... Got bipolar, which is kind of a deadly cocktail. So I don't know, uh, Stephen Fry. I would probably shag Fry though, if he'd let me. Mm-hmm. I'd shag Stephen Fry and kill Chamberlain and marry Takei. <laughs> Sorry, Richard Chamberlain.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, he, he'll survive with me in that alternate universe. <laughs> uh, do one more, and can do, you,
0: Ross? I think this one's your turn. Oh yeah,
2: do you have one? Oh, um, uh, so
1: uh, gosh, I don't know, like a theme. Um, I'm just going to like throw out the first three names or so that like come to mind, and uh, (laughs) that's good. um, That works. Okay, uh, Tom Hardy, Channing Tatum, or Sean Bean.
2: (gasps) (gasps) Wow, Tom Hardy is good because Tom Hardy has extremely ambiguous sexuality.
0: Mary Bean. <laughs> oh, gosh,
2: that was quick. That's, this is really hard between. He's
0: so rich and old, and he could tell me about Making Sharp's adventures. This is really hard
2: between Boff Tom Hardy and Mary Mary Tom Hardy. Oh, oh. Boff Tom Hardy, Mary Tatum.
0: Mm, kill Tatum, Boff Tom Hardy, Mary Bean.
1: Um, I would definitely marry Tom Hardy, Boff Tatum, and kill Bean. Okay
0: he kills Sean Bean. <laughs> <laughs> That's just why it's gonna kill destiny. him. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, thank you for joining us, Ross. It's been a pleasure oh, to have you. It's been yeah. a pleasure. And um, good luck to you with your journalistic aspirations and thank your you. watching of terrible early two thousands rom coms. <laughs>
1: uh, I have so many more. <laughs> oh,
0: <no. laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks for joining us, Ross. Uh, we usually like to have our host say a final word to leave us with. What was your word? Like a funny
2: or fun sign off of some kind. Um,
1: make sure the pizza has cooled before you like try to do sexy stuff with it.
0: (laughs) That's my advice. advice. That's quite sage. As
1: pizza sexual.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, and thank you listeners for joining us today If you have any more questions or comments about Mixed Orientation Relationships Please email us at inquisitions At jdrefreshmentcommittee.com Or you can tweet them at me At Dory E. Peacock or Tim At CyberMormon Or at the podcast At jdrefcomlove On Twitter Um, Find us on social media, send us your questions Your ideas, your advice If you know someone that you think would make a great guest let us know. We love you all, and here's our sign offs.
2: Sean Bean always dies.
0: Thanks, everybody, and remember, we're not here to judge you, but we will bring the potato salad to your trial. to be someone <laughs>
1: that I love,
2: I like very well. But when you mention flat up in Harlem, it's time for your girlie to yell. Good night, I want to be.